Hello everyone and welcome back to the Drew View. In today's show, we are going to be covering all of the news headlines that I was not able to cover while I was away. And yes, there was a lot of them. I'm Drew Bennett and you're listening to the Drew View. Alrighty, folks, thank you guys for tuning back in to another episode of the show. I made it back from vacation, and I want to just tell you guys thank you for listening to those episodes that I had pre-recorded. I know they probably weren't the best, and it wasn't the most entertaining out of anything that I could have been covering, considering all of the things going on in the news that was happening during the time I was gone, because, you know, I tell you what, apparently I just can't leave Because whenever I leave, some of the juiciest headlines always happen to come out, which is so annoying because there were so many things I could have talked about in those episodes. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Hopefully you did enjoy those three pre-recorded episodes where I analyzed each candidate on the Democratic side of the ticket. We will be doing that with Republicans in the future at some point. But we can't continue that series until we talk about all the things that I missed over the past few days. Now, it was only a little bit of time. It was, I don't know, less than a week or so, or maybe about exactly a week. I don't know, when I recorded my last episode, and my, oh my, oh my, has so much happened over that time. And let's kind of, to get through all of it, I'm just going to be doing about three minutes, giving my three-minute thoughts on each of the different topics that came up. There is obviously a bunch that I'm not going to be able to get to, but I'm just going to get to what I can, what I wanted to cover, and some things that I think are important to talk about. I'm not going to be able to give each topic enough time, the time that it should have, but hopefully it will be enough and you guys will enjoy this episode. So the first story, of course, the one that came out right as I was leaving for vacation. I didn't have time to record an episode. I was actually finishing up recording my episode about Joe Biden and the candidate analysis for him when the story comes out that Hunter Biden, he agrees to plead guilty on three federal charges. Man, oh man, it is a disaster. Our Justice Department, my oh my, is the most ridiculous rigged thing out there. Let's just go through a little bit of this Hunter Biden fiasco. So essentially, this is another thing that former President Trump predicted. He said that, you know, they're going after me and they're going after me for all these charges and they want to put me in federal prison for 500 years, over 500 years for practically a bunch of nothing burgers. And they're going to put me in jail for that. And then he said, You know, they're going to put me in prison for the rest of my life. Oh, they want me in prison so bad. And then they're going to put Hunter, they're going to say, Ooh, we apply justice equally. We're going to get Hunter for jaywalking. So he essentially said that at a rally. Trump was like, you know, they're getting me for all of this. Then they're going to get Hunter for something so stupid that, you know, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And he's basically right. I mean, what they got him for, uh, it ended the entire long-running investigation into all of the craziness that was going on with Hunter Biden. So basically, they can't really investigate much more, uh, you know, kind of continue to get anything on him. So that's 
pretty much the reason why he accepted this plea deal, but he is charged with essentially misdemeanor tax offenses, and he's going to reach some agreement with prosecutors on a felony uh, gun charge, illegally possessing a firearm. So, what would all of this do for a normal person? Well, you'd be in jail for, I don't know, five, ten years or so. But if you're the president's son, you get nothing. Absolutely nothing. You might get a fine or a slap on the wrist. You might get something, but you're not going to get jail time because you're Hunter Biden. And, oh, you're just struggling since your brother died. Oh, you poor thing. It's so ridiculous. It avoids a trial that would have, you know, that would have been pretty, pretty damning for Biden. And it would have been something that the White House was going to have to consider. And, you know, it's just, it's a ridiculous thing when after five years of investigating, they find only these things, which we all know from the laptop that there's a lot more. There's all sorts of drug charges that they could have got him with. There's all sorts of, you know, prostitution. You know, he was caught with a bunch of prostitutes on videos. Like, it's just absolutely ridiculous. All of these things, but, oh, they're going to get him for a few minor tax charges and maybe an illegal firearm charge. But we're not going to put him in jail or anything like that, because why would we do that? And the biggest thing with Hunter Biden, the whole entire reason that Republicans are so much, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, what is the Republican obsession with Hunter Biden? It has nothing to do with Hunter. It has everything to do with how Hunter is connected to Joe Biden and how Joe used his power uh, in ways that were irresponsible or misused his power or did things to help his son out or any of these things where there are clear connections between Hunter and Joe that would be incriminating for Joe Biden, not just Hunter. Because yes, we know Hunter's a troubled boy. He's like, that's that's the whole narrative right there. Oh, Hunter's just a troubled boy because, oh, when his brother died, he just went off the deep end and now we'll just play the victim card and we'll just call him the little troubled son even though we know that it goes much deeper than this and there are ties to Biden, which we will get to later, that are pretty much undeniable. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. But another thing we got to talk about here is Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff, if you don't know, he was the one that was mainly responsible. He played a huge role in all of the craziness that happened with the Donald Trump-Russia collusion disaster. He was one of the people who kind of really pushed this narrative hardcore and just completely ridiculous, kind of knowing that it was a big pile of dookie and knowing that he was going after him for a bunch of crap. So Republicans in the House got together and said, okay, we got to censure this guy. And that's exactly what they did. Republicans finally wielded their power and said, hey, you know, we are going to draw the line here. We can't let this guy continue to push these narratives. And it was a complete farce. It came out with the Durham report that this was essentially completely made up by the Clinton campaign in coordination with other Democrats. So all of this was kind of made up. And Adam Schiff just went and pushed it hard, hard. And Republicans are like, yeah, you can't, we can't have you in high positions of power. So 
They censure them, Democrats, of course, through a fit. Shame, 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 they say. You know, they yell. They're all crazy. They all stand on the House floor just yelling shame. But uh, the only shameful thing is Adam Schiff and what he did and just completely, completely undermining our country and potentially our national security more is going to come out with that when it goes to ethics. There's like an ethics investigation going on. And censor censorship is like the second highest punishment that can happen. Um, it's right behind expulsion from Congress. So, I mean, it's it's pretty bad. So he's going to go down in history as one of the more corrupt uh, congressmen of all time. So we had that. Then we have the story. Well, we I guess we had the story. And people are still talking about it that everyone is talking about. And that is the story of the Titan that went down to view the Titanic. Man, oh man, that story got a whole lot of coverage. I kept up with that quite a bit. And I know a lot of other people did. There's a lot of things I could say about it. But here's what I really want to get to. People are jerks. If you're going to get on and you're just going to sit there and bash all these people and how they're stupid and how they never should have done this and they're all morons and they deserve to die, you know, you're kind of sick. Like, don't just just stop saying that. That's that's just not good. These people were real living humans. They were people's sons, daughters, fathers, whatever, you know, they were people's family. And we can't just sit by and be like, oh, yeah, they were stupid. They decided to do this. They're a bunch of billionaires. They deserve to die anyway. Let's not let's not go there. That's just that's hitting below the belt. That's it's the same people who are doing that. that are the ones saying, oh, we need to stand on the graves of people that are killed in mass shootings and then talk about, oh, yeah, we need to do this, this and this and push a political agenda. like. It's the same people who are doing that. Like, let's not let's not say, oh, they're idiots. They deserve to die. Uh, They should have been smarter. We don't like billionaires anyway. Let's not go with that. These people were real human beings. Did they make the smartest decision? Well, that's not really for us to decide. Obviously, um, in hindsight, it was not the best decision because, uh, well, they are no longer. But you have to think there has to be. A point where we do have people who are willing to go out and explore. And, you know, I don't want to go too far on one side of or the other because it's like, on one hand, were there a crap ton of safety concerns? And was it probably not the smartest idea for these people to go down in this, like, you know, propane tank looking thing? Yeah, it probably wasn't the best idea. And yeah, it's probably not, not a decision that I would have made. But, do I also say that, well, these people also might have said, hey, there have been people who have done this before and they made it safe and they were just fine. Why not? Let's just go like there. I can I can see both sides. And I do think that's something we got to do a better job on. Let's not just sit there and be like, oh, they're billionaires. They're stupid. They deserve to die. That's not good. They're human beings. They had families. Uh, it's just not good to kind of spit on them like that after they're dead. But it's also, again, not something where we need to sit there and praise them and, oh, we need to mourn, um, not just for them, but, 
oh, we got to feel so bad for this company. And, you know, I, I do see where, yes, okay, the safety concerns were definitely huge. And I definitely see where, you know, this company definitely cut a lot of corner. Like, I see both sides of it. So on one hand, yes, these people probably weren't making the smartest decision by getting in this with all the safety concerns. We also do need people to explore and we do need that adventurous spirit uh, because if we don't have that, then we don't get to explore these things. Now, of course, this expedition in particular was just a means by which uh, the company was going to make money so they could further other projects. And they knew that if they took people to the Titanic, they could make a bunch of money by doing that. And so that's kind of what the purpose of this was. But I do think that we do need people to still do that so we have the money to go explore other parts of the ocean. So I, I do see a lot of sides of this. I will say probably wasn't the best idea to get into this janky looking thing that's controlled by a Walmart knockoff PS4 controller. But I also, at the same time, we feel bad for the families. We need to pray for them, mourn for them, all of that. So that's kind of my thoughts on that. I know there's more I could get into, but I just kind of want to leave it at that. The only other thing I want to talk about in regards to the Titan is the fact that it imploded. And we literally knew that for about four days. And the media continued to push this narrative as if nobody knew what was wrong and oh we got to figure out what happened when we literally knew for four days that it had imploded it was what the coast guard had detected that there was this sound of similar to an implosion they were pretty much like yeah that's what this was and then they just went upon their way like why would you not i i guess i just don't understand the heart behind it. What is the reason that you wouldn't just come out and say, yeah, it imploded? Like, were you doing a search effort to try and like find debris so you could just confirm that that's what it was? I, I guess I just don't understand why you wouldn't at least say, hey, we believe that it imploded. We need people to come look for debris. If you just wanted to expand the search effort, if you just said that, that would have been enough for people to be like, okay, let's Let's do it. But if you if you're pushing this narrative like, oh, they could still be alive and oh, we got to we got to look for them. You get people. It's really just a tactic by these news outlets to get people continually watching them. Oh, when are they going to find them? Are they going to find them? And then all for it to be like, oh, yeah, they imploded. And we knew that four days ago. It's just that's that kind of irritated me because it's like, why? What's what's the purpose in not saying anything whatsoever? But let's get on to the next topic, and that is more whistleblowers are coming out, um, you know, day in and day out and talking about how much the DOJ, FBI, IRS, they're all really corrupt and how they influenced the Hunter Biden decision and they were, you know, making all these recommendations and doing all this cover. It's just a total disaster. It's really complex and hard to kind of get into, but essentially people have come out and said that this is corrupt. People have come out and explained all of the corruption that has been happening. And one of the biggest pieces of corruption that we've seen, and one of the most damning pieces of evidence for uh, President Biden specifically, is a text message that was sent by Hunter Biden. And this is what the text message read. 
Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand. And now means tonight. And Z, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang, or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my direction. I'm sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Now, that is a text message that was allegedly sent by Hunter Biden to a Chinese official. Now, if that is true, everything that Joe Biden has said when he tells people, I have not talked to my son about his overseas business dealings. Um, he literally says it in a text. He, that's literally what the text says. And there's a New York Post article that comes out and it says, uh, it, you know, it talks about the text that was sent over WhatsApp in 2017 to an employee of CEFC China Energy. Within 10 days of the message, roughly $5 million began flowing to the Biden family from the company, a cog in Beijing's Belt and Road Influence Initiative, according to prior documentation reported in 2020 by Republican-led Senate committees. In the message, Hunter told CEFC employee Raymond Zhao that he was sitting with his father and that he would like to understand why the commitment has not been fulfilled. This is a bombshell, but nobody will talk about it. Everybody just turns a blind eye when there is literally text messages from Hunter Biden to Chinese officials, including President Biden. It is completely, completely ridiculous that this is not getting more coverage. And it was insane to me because there were reporters that were asking people in the White House press room questions about this text message, and they would not answer. You not only had people on the right, you not only had Peter Ducey, who would, you know, for Fox News, who would actually ask questions instead of softballs. He's usually the only one that actually will ask a question that might require them to use, uh, you know, two brain cells that they can rub together. But you also had people from CBS and all these other more left-leaning news outlets questioning KJP and others in the press briefing room. And what do they do? They refuse to answer anything on it. Oh, the president has made clear his stance on this issue. Well, no, he hasn't. What is that stance? Oh, you go ask him. What? Like, it is just absolutely bizarre. It's totally ridiculous. And I don't even know what to say. The media won't cover it. Even the ones who tried to ask the questions, they will not cover this story. They might cover it for five minutes and be like, oh, yeah, but Trump, we got to focus on Trump. When all of this corruption is going on, it is insane. So, of course, articles of impeachment have been filed for Joe Biden by Lauren Boebert. Uh, those go to two different committees. I don't know how far those will go. But I, I think if we waited until there was enough evidence, I think they would have to impeach him. I feel like even Democrats would be like, you know what, we got to, this can be our guy. We got to find somebody else. Because the corruption that is starting to get uncovered is just insane. He might have been able to hide it for a long time, but he's not going to be able to hide it for much longer. And you can tell the time is running out for that.
So it will be interesting to see. And finally, the one-year anniversary of the overturning of Roe v. Wade was, I think, three days ago now, four days ago. Um, an, a, you know, a beautiful day. And I'm still waiting for some Democrats to get on here and debate me on abortion because it's a topic that I'm incredibly passionate about. However, I don't see it happening anytime soon. But if you'd like to, email me at bedroomviewshow at gmail.com or find me on any of my social medias. I'd love to set up a little interview debate type thing. I think it would be interesting. And, you know, it's just going to be civil. If, if anyone would like to debate me, I would love that. I don't see it happening, unfortunately, because of the nastiness and the way that politics is in America today. And that's unfortunate, but that is how it goes. So anyway, guys, I hope that was a recap of all of the main topics that we saw over the weekend and last week that I wasn't able to get to. Hopefully you enjoyed that episode. Hopefully I hit everything that I was supposed to and that I wanted to. If you guys got anything else you want me to talk about, again, find me on social media, give me an email, let me know what you want me to talk about. I'd love to talk about that. We will also be getting into the idea of a potential Trump Kennedy ticket at some point. We might talk about that tomorrow. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. We might also get back into doing that series and finish that up on the presidential candidates and go through everyone on the Republican side, though that field has grown incredibly large. There are so many Republicans running now. It's ridiculous. But anyway, guys, hopefully you enjoyed that. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Be sure to share this episode with your friends if you got anything of value out of it. And now let's end with our closing prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, you're a great and mighty God. I want to thank you for this day that you've given us. I want to thank you for another chance for me to come back and speak into this microphone, Lord. Father, we pray for those who were uh, killed in the submarine accident, uh, the submersible accident. Father, we just pray that you be with their families, give them a peace that surpasses all understanding. Father, we just ask that you be with our country, our leaders, uh, give them wisdom, and help us, Lord, to uh, just be a light of you to those around us. Uh, Help not only us as citizens, but also our government officials to be a light of you to those in our country. We love you, Lord, and we praise you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys for sticking around until the end of another episode of The Drew View. I can't wait to see you guys back here again tomorrow. Of course, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss tomorrow's episode. But until I see you over there tomorrow, stay blessed.